Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. As you know, on this podcast, rather than looking at movies in terms of loved it or hated it, two thumbs up or two thumbs down, we look at movies in terms of what we can learn from them as screenwriters. We look at good movies, we look at bad movies, we look at movies that we loved, and we look at movies that we hated. So today I'm going to talk about Tangerine. And what's exciting about Tangerine as a film is that it illustrates how little you need to actually succeed as a screenwriter or as a filmmaker. To make a successful film, you do not need millions of dollars. To make a successful film, you do not need years and years and years of experience. To make a successful film, you do not need to follow the rules or follow a formula. To make a successful film, there are really only two things you need. You need a want and you need an iPhone. Because Tangerine was shot entirely on an iPhone 5S. And not only does it look beautiful, but it tells an extremely compelling story. Taking two characters on a really profound journey. And though it doesn't have the most complicated plot in the world, the simplicity and the drive of its main character's want provide it with a rock-solid structure. In a way, and this is a funny thing to say, Tangerine is the indie film version of Mad Max Fury Road. For those of you who've listened to my Mad Max Fury Road lecture, you understand that the plot of Mad Max Fury Road is essentially they drive east and then they drive west. That the plot of Fury Road is literally head one way, turn around, head the other way. But the structure of Mad Max Fury Road is about a character who is trying to find an escape, who finally learns that she has to confront where she is. In a similar way, Tangerine is built on that simple primal want of its main character, Cindy. And essentially, Cindy's journey in the movie is to head east and then to go back west. She starts out at donut time, and she ends up back at donut time. And her journey is also compelled by a very simple want. Cindy's journey is compelled by the simple want to find her boyfriend's mistress and to beat the crap out of her. That is literally the only thing she wants, and that is literally the foundation of the entire structure of this beautiful little film. You see, Cindy, like many of the characters in this movie, is a transgender prostitute working the streets of Hollywood. And Cindy has just spent the last couple of months in prison, and now that she's out, she's found out that her pimp boyfriend is shacking up with another girl, and even worse, he's shacking up with a girl who is not transgendered. And boy, is she mad. And so the structure of her journey is her hunt to go find this girl. And similar to the Charlize Theron character in Fury Road, at each step, she's assaulted by obstacles, by events and characters who stand in the way of her quest to find that woman. And much like the Charlize Theron character in Fury Road, where any other human being would have given up, Cindy keeps on going, driven by the strength of her want. And this makes it easy to root for Cindy, because one of the beautiful things about this movie, and very daring and brilliant things about this movie, is that 
this movie, this script by Sean Baker and Chris Burgock looks at the world and the lives of these characters without judgment. This is a movie with transgendered characters, but it's not an issue movie. It's not a political movie. It's not an anti-hate crimes movie. And it is not an anti-prostitution movie. This movie tells the story of two characters who happen to be prostitutes. Rather than judging their drug addictions and their prostitution and their lifestyle choices, this movie looks at their lives with a non-judgmental eye. Rather than trying to manipulate the audience into taking a stand against these obvious social issues and these obviously horrific challenges in the lives of these transgendered characters, this movie just steps into their world. And it allows you in that way to draw your own political and sociological conclusions, to witness the characters as they are, rather than trying to tell you how to think about them. So these are transgendered characters, but they're characters who happen to be transgendered. They're not characters who are up on a soapbox about what it means to be transgendered. They're characters who are living their lives and happen to be transgendered. But just like me or you or anybody else, they are driven by their wants. And by depicting these characters in this way, these writers humanize them. They stop them from being the other. And they allow us to empathize with them, to root for them, to connect with them, to care about them, to see them as people rather than as prostitutes. People dealing with the same problems that we deal with just in a different world. People dealing with love and betrayal and anger and selfishness. People dealing with addiction. Now their world is highly amplified and it's much different than yours or mine. But their world is driven by those same simple primal wants that we can all understand. Because though many of us would never take the steps that Cindy is willing to take to get revenge. We've all known the feeling of rage at a betrayal. We know, all know what it's like to feel like your hopes were set up and then dashed. And though in our lives, of course, we're not going to hunt down and beat the crap out of somebody who cheated with our boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, or wife, we can all empathize with the desire to do so. So in this way, what Cindy does is Cindy takes those primal urges that we have. And the only difference between us and Cindy is Cindy happens to be a transgender prostitute. And Cindy happens to actually take those actions in a way that we probably wouldn't. The structure of the movie is driven by Cindy's want. All Cindy wants in the world is to find this girl. And she heads out east on the hunt for this girl, confronting obstacles at every turn. And when she finally finds the girl, she grabs her. She beats the crap out of her just as she planned to do. And she drags her back west, back to donut time where she can confront her pimp boyfriend with his betrayal. To write a character, to create a structure, the only thing you need is a want. To create a movie, the only thing you need is a want. Structure grows from primal wants. And structure becomes accessible to an audience. Structure allows us to root for a character and feel the journey and the change of the character. When the character takes those actions, in pursuit of their want against obstacles that would have been daunting to anybody else.
When that character does the things that we wish we could do but can't, or makes the decision that we fear we might make but won't. If you want a character, all you need is a want. And that's one of the reasons these young, talented actresses who with very little experience are so completely successful in playing these roles. Now, of course, a lot of that has to do with their talent, but a lot of it also has to do with the writing of these characters. And when you make the obstacles big enough, it also allows you to reveal another aspect of character, which I like to call the how. So Cindy is not the only character in movie history who's ever wanted to beat the crap out of her boyfriend's mistress. But Cindy's unique how, the way that Cindy does this, is truly different than any other character. And this is the next thing that makes us fall in love with Cindy. Rather than treating her as an other or as a victim or as a product of the society, this actor treats Cindy and this writers treat Cindy simply as a person with a strong want and a unique how. When characters are confronted with obstacles towards getting what they want, they're forced to reveal their how. If you make it easy, if I want to open a door and I, the door opens, I never have to reveal my how. But if I try to open a door and the door doesn't open, my next choice is going to start to reveal the how. If I'm one kind of character, I might kick the door. If I'm another kind of character, I might ask for help. If those choices lead to obstacles, I'm going to make more choices to reveal the how. And that how is the thing that lets us connect to and care about characters. The way that that character does it that's just slightly different than any other. If you've seen Cindy, if you've seen Tangerine, you already know exactly what I mean when I talk about Cindy's how. But very importantly, Cindy's not the only character with a want or a how in this movie. In fact, every character is driven by a really strong want and a really strong how, and every single one of these characters is treated completely without judgment by its authors, by its writers and its director. For example, Alexandra, Cindy's friend, also has a really strong want. The only thing Alexandra wants is for people to attend her performance. And then it makes it so easy to write a character like Alexandra when you know the only thing she wants is for people to attend her performance because it lets you realize that at every step, no matter what else is going on in her mind, in her heart, at every step, Alexandra is going to be doing something to try to get people to show up. And it allows you to understand how to attack Alexandra. Because when no one shows up for that event, it is devastating. And when Cindy makes that turn and drags her drug-addled prostitute hostage to her friend's show, we understand what that means to Alexandra. We understand what that means about their friendship. By understanding Alexandra's wants, we're actually able to understand the structure of her relationship with Cindy. Alexandra and Cindy... Both have really strong wants, but they have completely different hows. Cindy's how is impulsive and violent and out of control and drug-addled and hysterical and desperate. And Alexandra's how is noble and quiet. And this allows us to appreciate not only the, the difference between these characters, but also the depth of their friendship and what they give to each other. It's Alexandra's quiet nobility 
that makes that moment when it's revealed that she pays to sing so utterly devastating for her. So when we combine these wants and these hows, what we end up with is compelling characters. So these are the three elements we need to create a character and to create a structure. We need a want. Cindy wants to kick the ass of the girl who cheated with her boyfriend. Alexandra wants people to show up for her show. We need an obstacle to reveal the want. We need the things that stand in the way. And you can see it with both of these characters. Cindy confronts obstacle after obstacle. Nobody wants to help her track down this prostitute because everybody knows that her pimp's going to be pissed off when whatever drama happens, happens. And Alexandra, nobody wants to attend Alexandra's show. And even Cindy, who does want to go and support her friend, loses track of time as she gets caught up in her own wants, forcing a decision at the moment where she actually breaks away from her quest of getting back to her pimp boyfriend to drag her hostage to the show, where she makes a choice that lets us know what really matters to this character and how important this friendship actually is. So we need a want, we need an obstacle, and the third thing we need is a how. The way that this character pursues the want that's completely different than any other character. Because you know darn well, if it was Alexandra who'd been cheated on, her approach would be completely different than Cindy's approach. And you know that if Cindy was singing, the way that she got people to show up would be completely different than the way that Alexandra pursues it. These are the elements that allow us to fall in love with characters. Want, obstacle, how. These three elements are the primary elements of character and of structure. So if your character doesn't have a want, you don't have a character. If your character doesn't have an obstacle, we can't see the want, and you're not going to end up with a structure. If the character isn't pursuing the want, that want isn't going to lead to structure. And if the character isn't pursuing the want in a way that's unique to them, in their own unique how, then you're not going to have a character that we believe in and care about. You're not going to have Tangerine or Mad Max Fury Road. You're going to have Jurassic World. If you think of those two boys in Jurassic World with their strong wants and strong obstacles, but their how that is completely normal, completely undifferentiated from any other character. Want, obstacle, how. Out of these wants, these obstacles, and hows grow relationships. And in this movie, the profound relationship is between Cindy and Alexandra, and ironically, between Cindy and Dinah. And this little relationship between these two prostitutes, one female, one transgendered, one believing in the fantasy of love and the other so beaten down by life that even getting her ass kicked, even being abused by literally everybody in the movie doesn't phase her at all. You can see that Dinah has her unique how. That Dinah is such a product of abuse that she's able to form a friendship with Cindy, a woman who's taken her hostage and beaten the crap out of her. We've seen that Dinah is so addicted to drugs that she'll smoke crack or meth or whatever the two of them are smoking in that glass pipe with a woman who's taken her captive. You see that, that Cindy and Dinah have one thing in common, which is they are both such victims of their own addictions that they're not even able to fully follow through with their own wants. Cindy's to confront her pimp, and Dinah's to escape 
once that pipe comes out of Cindy's bag. So you got three characters with three unique house. And you have an ironic relationship developing where captive and captor are actually becoming friends. And that all builds around that one moment on the bus. You see, at first, all that Dinah wants is to escape from this crazy woman who's taken her captive. But something really happens that's interesting on the bus. On the bus, Dinah realizes that Cindy thinks that the pimp is in love with her. He, that she thinks he's going to marry her that she thinks that he's actually her boyfriend. And suddenly what happens is the entire power game shifts. Suddenly Dinah has a little bit of power. And suddenly Dinah's goal is no longer to escape. Suddenly Dinah's goal is to take power back. And you can see how these wants and these obstacles and these hows end up shaping the journey for these characters that bring them all together. You can see how these characters' hows actually give them an archetypal value, actually allow us to connect to them, just like we connect to our own friends, and just as we connect to parts of ourselves. Even Razmik, the subplot B story about the Armenian John, even Razmik has a strong want to keep his life hidden from his family to find Alexandra and have the kind of experience he wants without having to pay the consequences in his life. And similarly, his mother-in-law, she has a strong want, which is to pull down the mask, to pull off Razmik's mask, to force her daughter to see the truth. And like the other characters, Razmik, though he may be a John, is also depicted without judgment. There's no moralizing or proselytizing on the part of the writers or on the part of the director. He may be a John, but the truth is he has a profound relationship with Alexandra, a relationship starkly in contrast to the other Johns who we can see in all their ugliness. And by not casting aspersions, by not casting judgment on these characters, Sean Baker and Chris Burgock allow these characters to take on a full life, to present a full portrait of a society that is blighted by drugs and prostitution, not by judging the people inside of it, but by humanizing them. And in this way, what these writers and this director and these beautiful actors actually managed to do is to take a journey and take their audience on a journey that parallels Rasmix, to take us on a journey where each character's mask gets removed, where the noble Alexandra, who seems just so concerned for her friend Cindy, is revealed to have had her own motives and her own little betrayals, where the passionate, hyperbolic, and romantic Cindy is both literally and metaphorically stripped of her facade and of her fantasies, where Razmik is laid bare before his family, whether they want to look at him or not, and ultimately culminating in that beautiful moment between Cindy and Alexandra where Alexander takes her wig off and allows Cindy to wear it. To write a film, to create a structure, to tell an amazing movie, you only need two things. You need a want and you need an iPhone. And just like your characters, you need to pursue your want in your unique way with your unique how. You don't get to make a great movie as a new coming filmmaker by following a bunch of rules and doing what you're told. 
you get to make a great movie by pursuing your wants against your obstacles and solving them with your unique how. Sean Baker didn't come up with the idea of directing this movie on an iPhone because he thought it was cute or because somebody told him to do it. Sean Baker came up with the idea of directing this movie with an iPhone based on his obstacles, based on obstacles that he was having with budget and where he wanted to spend his money, how to get the most production value into the production. And though his solution might be different than your solution, by running straight at the obstacle, Sean Baker revealed his own how. And this is what I want to encourage you, whether you're my student or whether you're just listening to my podcast, this is what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to write the movie that you want to write. I want you to make the movie that you want to make. I want you to recognize that the obstacles that stand in your way that make it seem impossible to do this, that those obstacles are actually opportunities. Those are opportunities to learn how much you want this and to learn to see and understand your own how. That creating a movie and writing a movie is actually a process not in manipulation, but in removing our own masks and revealing something about ourselves, not only to us, but also to our audience. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to learn more about building a screenplay around your wants and your character's wants and your character's unique hows and the unique obstacles that confront them, I hope that you will come study with me. We offer classes in New York City, live online, in video on demand format. We offer international retreats and we offer a unique one-on-one pro-track mentorship program in which you meet with a professional writer one-on-one every week or every other week until you've made your way through not the story that they want you to tell, but the story that you want to tell in the most professional possible way. To learn more, please visit my website, www.writeyourscreenplay.com.